On this week's edition of the Inside Edge, we're joined by Blue Jackets winger Johnny Gaudreau. We get things underway next. Grippo's is the original fun food company for over 100 years. Whether you're watching the Blue Jackets at home or cheering them on at Nationwide Arena, grab a bag of Grippo's potato chips. Third, fourth, and fifth generations of the Grippo family are committed to making the freshest, highest quality potato chips and snack foods that we can eat. Cheer on your Columbus Blue Jackets with the official potato chip partner, Grippo's. As the official financial services partner of your Columbus Blue Jackets, Bread Financial is ready to join the fifth line and light the fuse. And that's not just cannon fodder. They're proud to support the Blue Jackets and our Columbus communities with simple, personalized payment, lending, and saving solutions. Whether you're looking for buy now, pay later options, credit cards, CDs, or high-yield savings accounts, Bread Financial gives you the freedom to choose what's best for you. Learn more at breadfinancial.com. Dozers, excavators, skid steer loaders, and more. The Ohio Cat Rental Store has all your new and used equipment needs. We are celebrating more than 75 years of sales and service and are proud of our updated Columbus location. The Ohio Cat Rental Store. Big or small, we have it all. Visit online at ohiocatrentalstore.com or call us at 614-851-3737. Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets uh, coming off an overtime win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they beat the Flyers in last night's game by the final score of 5-4. to four. The Blue Jackets had the lead two times. It got away, but they didn't let the game get away from them. And, Jody, uh, I bet the Blue Jackets wish the Flyers were on the schedule a little bit more right now because coming out of that Finland trip, the Flyers have helped to heal a lot of things. And there's a lot of things need healing on this team right now. But they took both wins against the Flyers. They got an overtime point against the Islanders in the middle. All of a sudden, you get five out of a possible six points, and things are not ideal on the roster. But when it comes to picking up wins and points, not so bad. And, you know, the Flyers are a team that play that they're trying to reinvent themselves, that identity of being the Philadelphia Flyers. They've got toughness. They've got attitude. They've got no nonsense when it comes to the – the straight-ahead hockey they play, and it's exactly what was needed for the Blue Jackets in that game last week against the Flyers to find their game. They had no choice. They were either going to be pushed out of the game or they had to engage and be involved in the game and attack. And, you know, sometimes as a player, you understand you're playing against a team that's going to outskill you or they're going to, you know, stay away from their power play. Well, this is just a bread and butter, roll up your sleeves and get into it type of game. And it's exactly what was lacking with the team. You look back at how they started the season, they put skill against, uh, ahead of hard work, and that doesn't work. And, and this is a team that needs to establish uh, those, those, that work ethic, that we're coming at you, win or lose, we are not going to quit attitude that we we're used to seeing. And I think the Flyers did exactly that. I mean, when you're going against that team and you see the amount of majors they have, you see who's in their lineup with some of the players they have, you understand their coach very well and his attitude and what he's saying to those players, you better be ready to go. When you're going to get a puck, you better go in to get that puck and you better be ready for contact. And and I think that, you know, it, it really simplifies your focus and the Blue Jackets were trying to do the cross-ice pass and do the drop pass and do the skill plays that just didn't work for the first 10 games. So you get back from Finland, you see the Flyers, you beat them. Uh, then you go into Long Island and you're, you know, you're depleted roster even more. And, but they still played that almost to a man to that game. And then last night at home was, you know, it wasn't, nothing has to be pretty at this point. They just need to find a way to get it done. And I think for the morale of the team, you know, small victories, celebrate the small victories whenever you can. They got that the last three games, and, and especially against the Flyers. So, yeah, to your point, if you could play them for the next 70 games or whatever's left in the season, uh, that would be fun, and that would probably be – well, that would be a lot of fun because for a number of reasons. But, uh, of course, to have John Tortorella back. But, you know, that's um, that's kind of what they needed to do to figure out. Plus, the, the roster has simplified itself as far as – the amount of talent that's in it. So now they're forced to play this way. Uh, and really it's 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 a belief in 
uh, and, and getting the results in that shows them that, hey, this is how we have to play as Blue Jackets to win games. And I think that, that now they've got a little momentum. Yeah, the perfect formula to take on the Philadelphia Flyers. I asked Boone Jenner after the first game against the Flyers. I said, when you were playing, did you feel like you were playing into a mirror? Because that's what the Blue Jackets were when John Tortorella was the head coach. So it's a pretty nice wake-up call. And, you know, Nashville went overseas, and they came back and didn't win for, what, two weeks after they got back. But the Blue Jackets now finding some success. And, and again, I do think that's a big part of it because it was it was almost like the putting the paddles on the chest, man. It just shocked you right back to life. You know, I, I it's such an interesting thing, and it's two completely different things because Nashville went over there they condensed their camp. Everything was rushed. Rush, rush, rush to get to Switzerland where they went first. Uh, Yossi's hometown. They went, you know, they went to Germany. They went to the Czech Republic to play the Sharks for two games. And they won. And they were flying. And they had a great uh, season last year. You know, they had all these uh, individual highs. Jo- Johansson, Forsberg, they all had career years. And, and so they had a great summer, a great training camp, a fun experience. It was almost like a celebration over there. And they come back and the NHL is waiting for them. You know what I mean? It's like, no, that, that, this is not how it is. You know, they kind of got stomped a little bit. They were talking about the travel was affecting them in that. And I'm sure it was a little bit, but again, I think they forgot how they, ha- they're a big heavy, they're a team that's built to win in the playoffs. And, you know, the way they can grind, play the grind game. They weren't playing the grind game. They didn't really play it against San Jose, but they got two wins. They were feeling way too good about themselves. And then the other side, the Blue Jackets, you go in there on a slide, you play the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, There's so many great storylines. The atmosphere was awesome. They came home with disappointment. But once the big activity is over, like the big wedding, you know, the wedding, the anticipation is that's where you have all your anxiety and excitement and get tickets and who's going to sit where and all that, all those little details. Who's going to be on the plane when we go to Finland? Who's going to do this? What are we going to do? And then you get it back and it's like, okay, that's over with. Now let's, let's get back to normal. So I think that played into it too a little bit. Yeah, and, and back to normal is good, especially normal when you're winning. Now, another thing that's become normal is guys dropping out of the lineup on a daily yeah. basis, which is not good. Last night, Jake Bean left the game. He gets injured. Then Elvis Merzlikens has to be helped off the ice during the game. Neither one of them were on the ice this morning. And then, in addition to that, Emil Bemstrom didn't practice today. Brad Larson said he's also on that list of walking wounded right now. So the Blue Jackets can't catch a break. But let's go back. Remember a couple of years ago they went through something very similar to this? It seemed like every day you were calling somebody else up from Cleveland to come and play. And they came and they played, and they played well. And you alluded to this a few minutes ago. Sometimes you just simplify the game by necessity. And with these players coming in, they're doing that. But I want to ask you about uh, Marcus Bjork. He scored his first NHL goal against the Islanders on Saturday. He comes in last night. When I talked to Brad Larson about him in the scouting report, he said there are comparables that are made to David Savard, and he stressed comparables. He's not David Savard, but you watch him play, and even last night they they gave him an opportunity in overtime too. So they're they're coming with some early trust based on the early returns that they're seeing from him. Are you surprised by that when you see a guy like that? I know he's a little bit older than the other guys, but he didn't even become a full-time defenseman until he was 16 years old, which is late in this game. But, man, he's making some quick strides. You know, it excites me. And maybe not playing defense his whole life has helped him a little bit because, you know, you're familiar. When you play forward and then you go back to D – it's a completely different thing because as a forward, you're in the mix all the time, you know, and then when you go to defense, the game's in front of you and you can play the game with the game in front of you and see the holes and attack areas. I'm excited about his, uh, his youthfulness, you know, his, his drive. He said in camp, he wasn't here just to stand around. He's here to play in the NHL. He's got a certain amount of confidence in his ability and where he fits in and what he can bring that, the coaches have already identified. You know, some of the players you've seen around for a little bit and the coaches used to it, sometimes you get used to their habits and you're waiting for something for them to revert back to something in different situations. Well, this kid's got a clean slate. He's got the cleanest slate on the roster, right? So every shift he has a positive shift, it's a posit- It's quickly putting those that trust in the bank for the coaches. And and Steve McCarthy is the co- defensive coach. He decides who plays out there. His lean-to, his go-to guy is out, his guy that – only is on the bench to catch a little bit of rest and Zach Wierenski, he's out. I mean, he tries to, if he could play him 60 minutes or 65, whatever he's needed, he would play him that much. So he's out. So now he's got to figure out 
how these minutes get balanced around, and it's a night-to-night thing. I mean, there's different nights where different guys are going and different guys aren't. And now different guys are leaving the bench. I mean, it's happened the past four games where a defenseman has had to leave the game and numerous defensemen at times. So, because I think Peak left last night for a couple of shifts. So, you know, it's encouraging that a kid comes in this way. And I go back to what you talked about in the beginning there uh, just a couple minutes ago was when those guys get called up from Cleveland, it was Nathan Gerby was the, the fire. He was the spark because he played a simplistic style and he went at guys like Chara and he was fearless and he brought that into the room. And, and I think that now that you have some key pieces that were bringing that early, maybe Dan Forth and players like that, they're gone. So now you have this fresh blood that these are all guys that came to camp looking to make the team. And here we are mid-November, like Gaunce is getting an opportunity. He knows how he has to play. Uh, but but Bjork is a, is a completely different example, as you said, because first time in North America adjusting to the big ice, he's so raw that I think he has that advantage because there's an innocence in the way he's playing because, you know, he can keep pucks in, he can make the pass, he can skate, and he's big. And uh, exactly what the Blue Jackets need right now. I'm glad you brought up Brendan Gaunce because I think – what we've seen from him here in these last couple of games is even better than what we saw last year from him. He came in, he filled the Corrali role when Sean was out for a couple of games, stays in the lineup as Jack Roslovic was out as a healthy scratch last night, winning faceoffs. And You know, if you think back to it, this guy was a former first-round pick of yeah. the Vancouver Canucks, and he has obviously mastered the balance between doing 20-plus minutes a night in the American Hockey League and having a big role in making the most out of it and getting little less minutes here in the NHL but still having the same productivity. He's played over 150 games in the NHL. He went over to Europe to try to redefine his career there a couple of years ago when everything stopped. He didn't go play in the American Hockey League or try to wait for things to happen here. He credits that for helping him a little bit. I think he stands out because he's big and physical in this lineup and he's down the middle of the ice. And I think that there is a certainty to his game that is is required. And, and not everyone has to play the fourth-line role, but there is a certain way to play. You can't play a game like it's you have a 7-1 lead for an entire game. And, you know, there's been moments in games and players that have – it looks like they've done that. And that's so frustrating for the coaching staff to have players that aren't playing the time and the score of the game. And I think Gantz is very aware of that. And he's getting great challenges. He's out there at critical times of the game, last night too at the end of the game, end of a period. Uh, those moments where momentum can be won or lost, uh, but he hasn't hurt them at all. And I think there's a heaviness on the faceoff circle for him that helps him. There's also a – a noticeability when he's on the ice just because he's been reliable and big and strong. And, and honestly, this lineup, there's not a lot of big and strong guys. And, and so a guy like him that's maybe got the awareness to say, hey, if I'm assertive at least on my shifts and play with that desperation, we know, and we talk about it all the time in this show, you don't want to get sent down. It's a day-to-day. It could be an hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute job for some of these guys. And uh, they're happy to get the call. You see their appreciation, and it brings that – simplicity to this lineup, the one that was lacking to start the season. One thing that I'll be curious to see, and we don't know, is Emil Bemstrom going to be better and ready to play tomorrow against Montreal or not? But let's just say, for argument's sake, he's not. Is this the opportunity that Kent Johnson has been patiently waiting for here? I mean, this kid just sat out as a healthy scratch a couple of games ago. He's a fifth overall pick. He's got all the talent in the world. And, you know, there's as, as you watch what's happening with him, you start to wonder and question, hey, is he better off being in Cleveland playing 20-plus minutes a game, or can they find something for him here where he can not only play and help but also develop at the same time? And I think that's what we're all waiting to see. But now there are some games where he looks better than other games, but that's expected from an NHL rookie. I thought his best game was last night, and if he would have asked me if he should go down and develop, maybe I would have said partially yes. I mean, there's a concern, okay, he's a first overall or first-round pick, you know, so was Pierre-Luc Dubois. He was a player that was highly touted. He got sent back to junior and went to develop one more year, whether he liked it or not. But, it, you know, it, it was part of the process for him. There wasn't a spot here for him. They have a spot here for him. He was going to play with Johnny Goodrow, who's a high-intellect player, and make a pass like he did last night to him backdoor on the power play. Then there's definitely an upside and, and a, a spot for him here. But to play six to eight minutes – uh, and, you know, every mistake gets, you know, amplified because the team's not playing well and players aren't playing their role within the line. That's another thing. I think, you know, there's there's not a player on the team that's played 
Uh, I mean, there, to start the season, there wasn't a, an overachiever in any position on this team. There wasn't someone that overachieved in net, overachieved on D, or overachieved on forward. And, you know, when you have young guys, you need people to make sure things are, are, sta- are, are held steady throughout shifts. And that's where Kent Johnson, you can't just rely on Kent Johnson to be himself. He needs complement of players within his line the D that he's out there with need to be able to keep the puck in the zone so he can set up and find ice. But I was impressed with him last night in tight areas. He made quick, he used his skill quickly, but made a great decision after uh, you could see how he was thinking the game. He didn't overhandle the puck and hold on it too long and cause a turnover, uh, which as a player, it's so frustrating when you go shift after shift after shift where you don't have the puck or you don't touch the puck or you're not feeling the puck. So someone needs to anchor a line. And I think Johnny Goodrow, to be to be honest, I think he's played his best three games, the last three, definitely in Long Island, because he's moving his feet. He's noticeable every shift. You notice he's at least a threat because he's moving. And and he has to put teams on awareness, on notice with that. And and so for Johnson and him, and, and maybe he gets a chance there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, and you said patiently. I mean, he's only 19 years old. He just started in the NHL. You know, he played nine games last year. He did he did a fine job with that. But, you know, I think that it's not – to him, it's like he's been way – he's been waiting so long this season to get get back in the lineup with the two games I think he missed. And, you know, but now he's back. And, and this these are good moments. When he gets in and out of the lineup, he comes back a little bit stronger. I think, I think as long as that keeps happening, I think you keep him around here. Uh, and, and as long as he gets these opportunities. All right, you just did a lot of talking about Johnny Gaudreau. We're yep. going to let Johnny Gaudreau do the talking. He's going to join Jody and I as we continue with the Inside Edge right after this. As the official security provider of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Vector Security is invested in the success of the entire Central Ohio area. If you run a business here, they understand your primary focus is serving your customers. And a big part of that is making sure your customers, your employees, and your inventory are all safe and secure. Vector Security can help. Schedule a business security health check today, and one of their local security experts will help assess your needs. Visit them online at vectorsecurity.com slash bluejackets to learn more. Whenever you're feeling good and hungry, it's Skyline time. Gather together with friends and family, it's Skyline time. My go-to order at Skyline is three cheese conies all the way. You can't beat that combination of flavors. When I get that coney craving, I know it's Skyline time. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you. And joining us right now is Blue Jackets forward Johnny Gaudreau. And, Johnny, I don't need to go back and rehash all the stuff from the summer, but here's what I do want to ask you. One of the reasons that you signed here with the Blue Jackets was because you felt it was a place to raise a young family. Your wife was pregnant at the time. Now your daughter is here. How is raising the young family working out for you so far? Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, um, obviously. A lot of change, uh, but uh, it's, it's been all good change. We've had a lot of family come out and, and visit us and spend time with us and got to meet uh, Noah, her name is. So um, it's been uh, it's been really fun. You getting some sleep? Yeah, not as much as I used to, that's for sure. Um, you get naps still on game days? Yeah, she does. She's she's great. Meredith uh, is great with her. Um, I can't I don't really help too, too much in the middle of the night. She's nursing, and then uh, game day, she lets me do my thing and uh, get – they normally take like two, three hour nap, so uh, she lets me still do that, and uh, she doesn't like missing any games either. So she's, I think, she hasn't missed a single game, her or the baby. So, so Noah's coming to the games every single one. Oh, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. that's well, that's great. Yeah, she's taking a lot of pictures, right? So later she can say, "Yeah, you were there right from the <laughs> beginning." Yeah, she uh, she she's takes a ton of pictures. Her her phone used to be filled with her pictures of her dogs. Now it's just pictures of the kid. Now. So. <laughs> It's a normal progression in life, right, Jody? That's it. It's funny you bring up the pregame nap. I remember, and I told you this before, when I lost my pregame nap, I was a healthy scratch in Philly, and it was like game after game after game. And I was going up one day to take my nap, and my wife looked at me, and she goes, and we had two young kids like running around the house, and she goes, Seriously? <laughs> so I went yeah. back down, and that was the end of my pregame naps. But Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like my naps have been – have kind of been dwindling down normally. When I was younger, I used to take like two and a half, three hour naps, and 
I think now it's starting to, to go down. Like, I don't know if I can't sleep or it's just changing my life, but uh, it's starting to go uh, lower and lower. And uh, but yeah. That's how it goes. Now, we've been away a lot, but how is how's everything going for this area for your family? It's been awesome. Uh, like I said, uh, we, we love the area. We love the city. Um, it's exactly what we kind of hoped for and pictured uh, when we uh, decided to sign here. And, um, you know, a ton of our family come out, and they, they can't believe how much they love it out here as well. And uh, just an easy place to live, and uh, we, we've enjoyed it so much so far. And you've got to see your family on the road too, right? A lot lot, uh, lot more this year already. Yeah, a lot more. Uh, they were coming to preseason games. They were coming to – I mean, we just played the Islanders one night, and parents just drove up two hours, came, watched us. And right before the Finland trip, we played the Devils. They came up and watched. So any any – you know, Caps, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, I mean, even the Bruins, I mean, they'll, they'll make the drive up and, and come and watch. Were they irritated that you were getting booed in those cities in Jersey and on Long Island? I mean, like, it, it's unbelievable. Apparently, both of those fan bases thought that you were supposed to sign there no matter what. And, oh, my goodness, we haven't even gone to Philadelphia yet, so I don't know <laughs> yeah. what you're going to face when you go there. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, did, did you hear it? Did it surprise you? And, uh, like, your mom and dad go, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it definitely surprised me. Um, I didn't, you know, the Devils one was, was really loud. So that, I didn't, I expected probably to get booed a little bit, but that was like I played for the organization for <laughs> years and I just left. And uh, um, I was really surprised at how loud that was. And then the Islanders, I was just surprised I got booed at all. I didn't even talk to them at all in free agency. I didn't, uh, wasn't even close to even going there anyway. Um got booed again so uh, i'm sure hopefully i can i can buy enough tickets uh in philly where i can have friends and family uh they're cheering instead <laughs> of booing but. yeah i mean that's funny sergey fedorov used to get booed on the road and i remember uh, one of the teammates used to leaned over to him and said i didn't know you changed your name to boo because <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. happening so much yeah. but so but how about now with this team because it takes a while to get acclimated with new, new teammates and we talked to you i think briefly out of camp but how is the dynamic with the team going with you right now? It's great. I mean, the guys welcomed me in with open arms. It was uh, it was a really easy transition coming from from Calgary to here, and um, you know, I, getting to know the guys a lot more as the season goes on, and uh, just a really good group of guys in our locker room. And um, obviously, it's not the start we wanted, but I mean, you know, looking at the big picture, I mean, you see some of these younger kids who are just going to be really good players in this league for a long time, and it's it's fun to watch them play and um you know you try to help them a little bit and you know as they learn and get older they're going to be you know really good players in this league and um you know it's been fun to kind of be a part of this team and hopefully we can keep growing and and getting better and uh you know make a push here are you all right with that as a competitor though because you know it, it has been very disappointing here to start this yeah it's been tough for sure i mean uh with the injuries and um you know, going to Finland and obviously playing the Avs. They were a really good team going out there, losing twice. I mean, it's been tough for sure. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, we're playing really well right now, I think, with, with the guys in our lineup. I think we have young guys who are getting the opportunity to play in the NHL and, and show themselves. And I think they're doing a great job as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, you know, keep, keep pushing here and, and getting better and, you know, try to string along a, a, a few wins here because uh, it'll put us in a little bit better position than we were, you know, a week ago. Uh, you played on a line last year that was, I mean, it doesn't happen very often when you have that kind of, kind of chemistry. And this year you've already played with probably most of the team in that locker room. Um, yeah. How is that, is it hard for you not to play? And I ask this because you, the last three games for me, you've really, ta uh, to me, you're a different player. Uh, you're moving your feet. I don't know if something's different changed for you, but is it, is it been difficult for you not to play an individual game? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to have line mates that feel you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, last year, uh, you know, we just we played together the season before for like 20 games. And then we went into that season, um, you know, already really knowing each other really well and already played together. And um, the chemistry is just so important when you're playing with guys. You know, you, you need to know where they're at on the ice at all times. And, um, you know, make that, you know, make that extra play or that skilled play. You know, you need to know where your linemate's going to be. You don't technically need to, to see him. You need to know where he's going to be at. And I think that's a little bit with the chemistry and, and you know, getting to know your linemates. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's tough too, you know, when you're switching up line line mates here and there. And, um, you know, I personally like playing with like, you know, two guys and try to just, you know, stick to that and, and, and get better as a line and, and get to learn e- from each other. But, uh, you know, with the injuries this year, it's been tough. And um, hopefully we can kind of find that stability there soon. But do you find yourself, like, I know when you do that and you're a, a superstar in the National Hockey League, like sometimes you want to be the difference, which you can be, but you need, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it frustrating for you sometimes not to, or is it hard not to, like, try to do it all yourself? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, sometimes when you're losing games or things aren't going well, you know, you just want to, you know, you're not blaming anyone else, but you're like, you want to you take a little bit more on your own on your own self and you want to make an extra play here or hold the puck an extra second too long and next thing you know you know it's in your own end and it's in the back of your net and uh i think that's something i've kind of learned throughout you know my years playing and um i think just you know when i do have that jump you know i like to hold on the puck a little bit longer and, and i can make plays and and go from there i guess so um, well, i mentioned your feet moving has something changed there am i seeing that right no, I th- yeah, I mean, my dad gets all over. Does he? Yeah, <laughs> Did he say something the past few games or? Uh, yeah, after the Devils game, I looked at my phone after uh, the game, and I got a text from like I got. He doesn't ever text. He doesn't know how to use a phone. <laughs> he, like, so he'll just talk on the phone, and he'll send the text through the text uh, through talking to the phone. And uh, I look at my phone after the game, and I have a text message from after the first period. He's, I, I wish I could pull it up, but he's like, "Hey, John, it's Dad." Like. <laughs> Would you please skate harder and work harder in the corners? Thank you. And then and <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, I had a rough game. Like, I come out there, and he's like, what are you doing? Just give me a hard time. And then, uh, But then after games, too, if, if he's not at the game, if I call him, it's normally because, you know, I played w- probably played well. And if I don't call him, I'm going to get a call for sure, and he's going to let me know that I didn't play well. So um, he's still all over me about that, but uh, – yeah, it's great. He's been such a huge supporter and reason why I play hockey and I'm in the NHL, and he's uh, he's kind of stuck with it still. And I think, Bob, it's interesting. Too. It's great to have that. I mean, it's a yeah. great relationship you guys have. I've talked to him in the stands during practice, and I used to hate when my dad would talk to people in the stands when I was at practice. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, what is he talking about? Like, get away from him. I don't know yeah. if you feel the same way. No, I mean, I, I mean we had like a tragic uh, – my dad had a tragic accident like four years ago. Almost passed away, so now I'm just like, you do what you want to do. You come to the rink. I don't care who you talk to. I don't care what interviews you do. You just go and have a great time and come to the rink and, you know, be one of the boys. So um, I love having him here. I love having him in, in Columbus visiting so much. He's he's here for two weeks right now, and uh, he got here, yeah, two days ago, and I opened up the car. He's got his hockey equipment. Good. I told him to bring it, to skate with us. The alumni skates. I'll send him the schedule. Yeah. And I told him, uh, I'm I'm hoping I can get a couple skates in. The last time he brought his gear, we were in Calgary, he brought his gear out there. And I went on the road. My wife's like, I haven't seen your dad in like six hours today. He's like, she comes home and there's like notes written, not even text messages, like notes written out on the on the pads, is like, I'm going to skate again tonight at 8 o'clock, and he already skated at 8 in the morning. So I'm just like, he loves it. So. I'm going to get him out to our practice. He said, yeah, I'll come, because I coach my son's uh, Bantam team. Oh, yeah, he'll come. So Absolutely. I can't make it. Well, we have a game tomorrow, so we won't be able to. But maybe next week. But yeah. I think we have a couple skates coming up. But I, I was just wondering, too, that, that those are great hey, stories. By the way, I'd met your dad, Jody, and I could understand Ned? why you were very concerned about who he was talking to <laughs> and what he might have been saying. He just opens the book, you know. <laughs> He's just yeah, like, Oh, yeah. If you want to know, just I'm ask like, Ned. Yeah. I'm trying to be cool here. Like, yeah. come on, Dad. Like, well, that's great that you let him uh, do that stuff. You can sense his appreciation for that because, yeah. boy, is he a full-time hockey guy. Oh, yeah, he loves it. He he just he just retired last season, last year, from coaching younger kids. And he still goes to the rink every night, Coaches helps other coaches coach other teams. And my mom's like, I thought you retired. He's like, no, he still goes to the rinks. And now he's – He's starting his own new business at home. He's cutting firewood and selling it in the front yard. I'm just, <laughs> he's just always got something. He can't ever just slow down. He's Good always, for him. He always needs to be doing something, and uh, that's why I love him. Yeah. yeah. We're talking with Johnny Gaudreau of the Blue Jackets. Uh, getting back to the hockey aspect of it, uh, let's talk about the power play, which is starting to come to life now for you guys. And uh, Brad Larson just said this morning that, you know, he said, he said, I would love chemistry to happen immediately, but it takes some time. And as Jody said, you've been playing with so many different guys in and out of the lineup. But I want to go back to that 
power play goal that Boone scored last night. I mean, what a beautiful pass you laid there for him. All he had to do is have a stick on the ice and redirect that thing in. And Kent Johnson was on the other side of that. So as we're talking about guys that you played with and maybe a little bit and maybe a little bit more, um, what is it like for you to play with Kent Johnson at the same time, whether it's power play or even strength? Because here's a kid that, as we talked about in the summertime, idolized you. I mean, he, he wore number 13 because of you. He watched your game. He tried to, to uh, develop himself uh, after you. And now all of a sudden you're out there playing with him. And do you guys think the game the same way? Yeah, he's he's a sm- he's a smart player. Um, you know, he's got a great shot. He sees the ice really well. Um, he can stick in a lot of a phone booth that you know you see in practice every day. You know, he's just his hands are so so quick and um, his vision. I think is just the best part about his game. I mean, uh, there's just an pl- incident in practice today, and there's a guy kind of off the back of his right side, and you know most players can't see that that guy's coming out, and he just knows he's coming out. You know the backside and just lays it in there, but um, yeah, last night you know, that goal never happens without you know a beautiful pass through the seam through a guy's skate and uh, kind of just had an, an easy lane to boot. But um, he's a, he's a smart player. He's a, he's gonna be fun to play with here in the years to come. And um, you know as he keeps getting better and better and growing, he's gonna be uh, you know, a really good player in this league. I think. When he was playing with Jake Voracek on the same line, I asked Jake one day. I said can you figure out what this kid's going to do because he can do so many different things? And Jake's answer was, yeah, I can. He said, sometimes I'm, I'm thinking, boy, I wish he would go about a foot to his left, and he just does it Yeah, uh, because he realizes it. Do you get that same sense when you skate with him? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I haven't really played with him much, obviously, here. Uh, maybe a power play here and there, but um, just watching him on the ice, you know, he uh, he's just got that offensive knack that, you know, you you just see with offensive players, you know, he, he knows how to get the shot off or make the next play. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's a special player, and it's been fun to watch him. You know, last year you played on a line in Calgary where you had, you know, it was, was three talented guys, three guys that could put the puck in the back of the net. How does Boone Jenner compare to Elias Lindholm was your center last year uh, that yeah. you played with? You know, Boone's more of a gritty guy, but – we're talking about that goal. You know you're going to find him, right, yeah. uh, in the paint. Then, of course, he has a breakaway later, and he scores on that yeah. one too. But you know, how, do you, how do you compare him? How do you like playing with Boone? Yeah, I love it. I love playing with him so far. Um, obviously, uh, you know, him and Lindholm are, are a little bit different type of players, but um, I think Boone does such a good job down low, you know, retrieving pucks. Uh, you know, he's, he's a big, strong uh, player, and, uh, you know, when we do – get the puck in and, you know he's first on retrieval and he's getting the puck back and then he's making a play and uh you know trying to get to the net front and that's how he scored his goal last night you know just net front guy right there and um but uh he's been he's been playing well and I've really enjoyed playing with him so far isn't that a great indication of I mean it takes time for him to be there on that spot mm-hmm. with that passing lane that takes time for him to be there because you guys have tried that before yeah yeah I mean we've we've tried that before for sure and uh you know, like I said a little earlier, it's all about, you know, chemistry yeah. and getting to know the player and where he's going to be at. And, um, you know, half the power plays I was on the other side. And, you know, you don't really get that opportunity because he's on his backhand. And, yeah. Um, so I'm not really looking for that. And yesterday he just happened to be on that far side. And um, I think just from playing with him and kind of knowing where he's at, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of just zip it there to the back door. And he was he was wide open there and beat his guy off the, off the, beat his guy off, uh, the wall. Do you prefer your off wing or your strong side on the power play? Um, I, I could play either or. I think I prefer being coming down on my strong side. You do? Not being on a one-timer side. I think I like to try to zip it through the seam to a guy. You know, we're both coming down at the same time, and I can try to zip it. Through. I, me and Lemonholm had a lot of chemistry, you know, the past three, four years, you know, doing that, you know, coming down the lane on my forehand. And if that – PK guy comes with me. I can just one touch it quick right back, and hopefully we have a lefty defenseman there who can just take a one time yeah. slap shot. And you know when the D sends it to me, I can kind of fake and like I'm gonna send it to the one timer, and that's where the PK guy kind of gets stuck. He doesn't know whether to stay in the lane or come down on me, and it gives me a little more time. And that's when I can zip it through the seam. But uh, yeah, that's kind of I, I really enjoyed doing that throughout my career. I noticed you, you're comfortable behind the net, too. Is that one of your favorite places to go? Yeah, I like being around that. I think uh, last season we had so many – my line had just so many goals from down low. It wasn't even goals off the rush. You know, we were down low. We were, you know, cycling the puck, and one guy 
bounces off another guy, finds him in the slot, and it's in the back of the net. And we had so much success last year doing that. And I, I try to, you know, try to create more down low. And uh, you, you only get a certain amount of looks throughout the game with odd man rushes and stuff. So you got to create that stuff down low. I got to ask you, since we have you here, your stick is a 60 flex. And is that so you can get a quick shot off in tight? Or why is it that whippy? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's for, you know, a big guy slashing me and we get a power play. Um, oh, okay. Because it breaks so easy, but no, I'm just kidding. But, um, no, I think it just – Wink, wink, nudge, yeah, nudge. Yeah. Um, I think just uh, – I like a smaller flex. I think uh, – I don't know. I just always had it. I never really changed it or anything and never really got away from it and kind of just always stayed with it. But I don't think there's anything – There's nothing to nothing it. Nothing to it, no, no. You've never tried anything different? No. I don't think I would. I, I like it. Why change? So – that's interesting. There's so many options now with yeah. all these technology of sticks. Mm-hmm. We were in Finland, and they had the shooters from Finland out there on the ice. Yeah. And the way they were explaining the shot, to me, it was incredible. Like the, yeah. It was too in-depth. I didn't need all that information. Yeah, I didn't need to. I, I didn't even go out there because I didn't, I didn't want to hear about something that would end up messing with my head, and then I want to change my stick. And I'm just like, no, nah, just keep what you have. Keep what you're doing, what you're doing, and just, you'll be fine. So. And then, uh, you know, this team now, Johnny, is is uh, playing uh, – they, they're forced to play a different brand of hockey because there's a lot of talent out of the lineup. Do you sense that it's a simpler – kind of a simpler approach for every shift? Yeah, I think we – yeah, right now for sure. I think we need to play a lot more simple. Um, and it's hard to do. I mean, I remember – we have such a young team um, and a lot of young, skilled players. And I remember when I was younger, I just wanted to – you know, just like <laughs> dipsy do around, you know, make a move here, pass the back door. And um, right now, I mean, we, we just can't do that cause, you know, sometimes we're – and I, I I got caught in the same situation, you know, sometimes turn the puck over and, you know, come back to bench and hearing it from your coach and stuff. And, you know, kind of takes, you know, it takes uh, the play out of the game and you next thing you know it's a one two nothing game and you're chasing it. But, um, you know, for us, I think, you know, we just got to be a lot more simple right now and um, – you know, get the puck in deep and, you know, try to create way more, you know, screens in front of our in front of the goalie. But um, when we do have those plays, though, like you saw last night in overtime, I mean, you know, Sillinger, Shinnikov, I mean, you know, they're pretty skilled players and just made a great, great pass back over, cross, and then that. And, uh, so, yeah. It's fun to watch that, yeah. too. Yeah. And you guys, it's great to see you guys get wins. I mean, that's – it's one thing for a coach to say, "This is how we have to play. We got to get this happening." Yeah. But you guys to get the victories. It's yeah. And when when we start winning games, I mean, that's when you know things do open up a lot more for you know skilled players. You know, you you, know, you feel more comfortable make those plays at different parts of the game because you're who knows you win three or four out of your past five, and you know you have a one goal game, and next thing you know, you know, they're a little more confident to make that play, and and it's two nothing us and. So when you get in that type of role, you know, it makes it a lot easier. And um, right now, obviously, we're, you know, we're fighting to win games, and it's tough, and we have a lot of guys out of the lineup. So I think uh, just trying to keep it simple right now is, is important for us. One more thing. Uh, well, not one more thing, but one thing that just came across my mind. I don't like seeing you get hit. That bothers me. <laughs> I don't like getting hit either. But, no, but um, I don't like that. I want someone to go over and smack yeah. him in the face. <laughs> no, I mean, I've oh, – Knock on wood. I, I very rarely get hit, so when I do get hit, I, I, I don't expect anyone to go chase anyone down because I'm like, I'm no, I know you wouldn't, pounds. but I'm like, I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> Goody's always there. He's like, ah, I was gonna chase that guy. Down. I'm like, don't worry about it. Just leave him alone. You don't need to be in the penalty box. He'll yeah. be fine. It's Tight just a, game too yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah. I gotta ask you. Uh, did an interview with Emily Kaplan from ESPN. You talk about hunting in that. Yeah, love yeah. it. it. You. But you haven't done it here. I have. Or I you have. Done. I, I, Did you go out? Yeah, me and uh, Jack Rosswick. We uh, we go out. Uh, been out five six times. Um, obviously didn't see much before the rut before Finland. When we came home from Finland, went out and uh, saw some big deers. And uh, I got a shot on one. Um, with a bow, right? With now? a bow. Yeah. Yep, with a bow. And uh, I think I hit it a little high because I'm. Not used to shooting bows, so when I shot it, it was a big deer too. I think it was like a twelve pointer, so it's probably the biggest one I've seen in my life. And when I sh- once I shot the bow, I think the deer kind of jumped down as he heard the shot take off, and I got him a little high. And they saw him the next day uh, limping a little bit, but he he's completely fine. So hopefully I see him again because he's <laughs> he's a big boy. But I love it. I I love going out there, sitting in the stand, just you know, 
watching. It's great. Yeah, it's I mean, awesome. I love it. It's one it's, of my favorite things to do. Is that right? Yeah. Is yeah. there a lot of hunting in New Jersey? No, I just uh, out in Calgary. You did it um, up there. Yeah. Uh, I kind of went out and watched a lot of the. I'm really close. I played with a guy named Michael Furlan. He's a native, kind of part native. Yeah. He brought me out to his uh, his buddy's reses out out there, and I got to watch him hunt for moose, elk, deer, cougars. I mean. They take me up to mountains, and they start howling at the wolves. I'm just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then when I got here, I heard there's you know, some pretty big deer out here, so I grabbed my license and um, still looking to get my tag, uh, get, get one tag, uh, get get a buck for my tag. So we'll see. Jared Bowles is a big hunter, too. You yeah, I was talking about to him. Yeah, I was yeah. talking to him the other day about it, too. So uh, he, I think he's going out Sunday. Finally have a day off here yeah. in Columbus. So um hoping to get out. My wife and – Noah and Meredith are going home for a wedding, so my dad's here, so maybe my dad will go out. Sounds like a Hocking Hills trip. Jody. Yeah, I told Johnny. I forgot I told you that when we were in Finland. I have a place down in the Hocking Hills that I have set up. Okay. I might go Friday. Friday. Yeah. We have hockey Sunday. Minor hockey. Oh, you have but minor I'll, hockey. Okay. Yeah. I think, actually, we have a game, too, Sunday. Do we not? No. Friday? This week, yeah. yeah oh, we do, do we? Yeah. We okay. got the Detroit Saturday, Florida Sunday, yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I'm day to day. <laughs> yeah. But so it's poorly so Wednesday. Monday I'm going, I yeah. think. Yeah. Send your, you and your dad down there if you want to go. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I would love it. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It's great to have you here. Obviously, you fit right into the community and with this team, and uh, it's fun to watch you guys starting to have some success with yeah. what you're doing out there. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, All right. That is Johnny Gaudreau. Stay tuned. We'll be back to finish up the Inside Edge right after this. Get out of the house and do something fun with your family and friends this weekend at the Ohio Health Chiller Ice Rinks. Join us for public ice skating every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at one of our three great locations in Dublin, Easton, and Lewis Center. Suitable for ages four and up. Family and group rates available. Visit thechiller.com for exact times and pricing. Escape to the ice at your Ohio Health Chiller Ice Rinks. The coolest place in town for family fun. Get Out and Learn provides boys and girls ages 5 to 9 the opportunity to try hockey for free. Each season, the Blue Jackets introduce more than 1,000 new kids to hockey through free ice and street hockey clinics. This program is designed for kids that have no prior experience. The Blue Jackets, with the help of Safe Light, are removing any barriers to getting started. Hockey helps kids develop life skills and character. Learn more at bluejackets.com gold and experience the excitement of hockey today. Getting ready to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge, Johnny Gaudreau. What a uh, what a great conversation that was! And you know, when you're signing a guy, you want to sign a guy with talent. But I think the Blue Jackets got the extra added bonus of another great person in this organization, and as I said to him, in this community too. And it's easy to walk by him in the hallway and make an assumption that he's just sticking to himself and, and not really, you know, involved with what's going on. In the sense of he's quiet. But when you sit down like this and talk to him, he's awesome. I mean, he's a wonderful kid. He's a, a guy that understands a lot that's going on around him at all the t- all times. Pure hockey guy, but also, um, yeah, it was a, it was great to ask him some of those questions. You know, there wasn't there was no like, oh, stay away from this or that. He's he's a superstar in the National Hockey League, one of the best players in the world. Uh, and for him to sit down and, and and give us that kind of just sit back and have a conversation. Uh, that was fantastic. Good to see that side of Johnny. And it is not really atypical of some of the bigger stars in this game. I mean, when you get them in a situation like this, that's when you find out who they really are. As you said, you can assume all that you want to. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the Crosbys and uh, the McDavids, and, yeah, yeah, they're one way. But, you know, when you get in a, in a different environment, a different atmosphere, you get to learn who they really are. Yeah, but that's – I mean, but it's up to them, right? Yes. And these guys are – you know, they're they're they're. He answered the questions, and he, he took questions to another another place, and he's open about his dad, and those are all real fun stuff to, to talk about because he's an interesting guy, you know, and and the assumption that uh, he's just um, you know trying to do his best on the ice and goes home and not really involved. It, there's a lot there with Johnny, and I thought that was a really uh, interesting sit down with him. That uh, and I love the hunting, of course. There'll be a lot of. Uh, local uh, Ohio hunters that'll appreciate that that uh, you know this great area for that type of sport and and uh, he's um, he's a lot more than you would think 
lot of fans with tree stands that will be offering Johnny yeah, a spot. Yeah, he's going to have a ton of places to hunt. Absolutely. Hey, let's talk about what's going on in the league right now. Um, I will admit, I said this during the summer, I was not sold on the New Jersey Devils. I didn't think they fixed their goaltending problems. I didn't think they were going to be good enough, and there's a lot of season to play. I get it. But New Jersey's won 10 games in a row. Uh, Lindy Ruff went from a uh, chance at the beginning of the year from the Devils fans to fire Lindy to just a couple of days ago where they were chanting, sorry, Lindy. <laughs> and, of course, he came out very playfully because that's how he is. He's a good guy, and he said, I accept the apology. Um, but they've been a big story here in the last couple of weeks. You know what? It's uh, It's been one of those teams that has been quietly building and growing from within. I mean, they've done it a uh, Tom Fitzgerald's done a great job there of just kind of collecting pieces, make, moving pieces out, bringing pieces in. And when you look at what they've done with Dougie Hamilton uh, and Marino, their defenseman, two great pickups. I mean, Dougie Hamilton, you know, finally healthy, but a guy that can do everything very um, precise with his passing. He's a great skater and he's good, got a good shot. But then Marino relieves a little pressure too because – he can continue that. Uh, I think he plays on another deep pair from time to time, too. So they've got a great balance, and they work hard. They check hard, and then they put their skill in, in the right place. So it's a, it's a fun team to watch. It's encouraging for any, any team that's building those pieces and growing like that. Complete shock, right? You knew they would take a step, but you were thinking maybe a little bit like Detroit or maybe like, well, Buffalo always takes a step in October, uh, first part of November, and now they're on a bit of a tilt again. But, you know... Yeah, that's a fantastic story in the National Hockey League. How they're doing it is all different ways, but when you have those results early, and the Blue Jackets didn't have that kind of start last year, but they had a very good start, and it built a belief. And when you can do that early, I mean, there's going to be times this season where it's going to fall off a little bit, obviously. But they're healthy, and they're putting points in the bank, and, uh, boy, they're fun to watch. They've created quite a buzz. You mentioned the Buffalo Sabres. On the flip side of what we were just talking about, there have been a lot of teams that have had long losing streaks already this year. We were talking about the Blue Jackets losing five in a row. <laughs> Nothing, right? Yeah. Buffalo's lost six right now. Pittsburgh went through a, a horrendous six? losing yeah. streak after beating the Blue Jackets here a couple of weeks ago. They went out to Western Canada. They, they couldn't win for weeks. Um, you know, who else? Washington's been kind of up St. and Louis down. St. Eight. Louis had eight. That's right. So it, it's funny – and we talked about this. So when do some of these teams start to age out? And, you know, you see some of them. I'm not saying they're totally aged out here, but they are hitting some bumps that you're un- you're unaccustomed to them seeing. Well, here's the other thing. Seattle's better. Philly's better. Jersey's better. Ottawa's a little better. Buffalo always starts hot. They're a little better. So they're taking points from everyone, too. And, and if you don't have your game on, and I think some teams that play into the playoffs, you know, the start of the season – it's it's not that they forget how hard it is to win. It's to forget how hard it is as a team. You have to win together. And I think a lot of these teams are learning early in the season. I know there's a lot of prognosticators that are counting a lot of teams out. But if you look at the standings, I mean, St. Louis, I think, is still only four points out of a playoff spot. And they've lo- they lost eight in a row. Now they've won three. Uh, so it's a strange year that way. And there's been a lot of goaltenders in the league play. There's been uh, a lot of injuries. So there's a lot of turnover with, you know, who's starting, who's who is your goalie? Uh, but New Jersey seems like they've got the full package together there, and that's uh, that's that's an exciting way to start. Imagine that start for that organization and the excitement they have. But yeah, there the par- there is parity, but also I think that you know the teams that have been giving up points, like last year, if you played Philly, you were getting points. You know, you played Montreal, you were getting points. It seemed like every team that went in there got that done. But now that's not the case to start the season. Yeah, Jake Vorchek said that last year when we were talking about it took 100 points to make the playoffs in the East, and, and he brought that up as a, a great That's example, right. especially Montreal. You never expect that you're going to go in there and get points every time you play them, but pretty much that's what happened last year. Uh, Ottawa's another team that have, has lost yeah. a bunch in a row, and I the other day I was comparing them to the Blue Jackets in this regard. They added a lot of pieces over the summer. And it seemed like they felt that they were in a great position. They were ready to go. You know, just the same way we felt. Just turn Gaudreau. the lights on. Just yeah. turn the lights turn on. Turn the lights on and here yeah, we go. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes um, sometimes you, you put hope ahead of reality. And I, I it appears at this moment, and there's a lot of season to play, maybe that's where Ottawa is. Yeah, and I think the Blue Jackets are a great example of that. I mean – you know, Patrick Line comes back from an injury. You're playing against the Arizona Coyotes. They're a team you're looking down on from so for for some reason, uh, just 
because you've had a tough start with Carolina and some really good teams. And so you're thinking, okay, here we go. We got line A back and we're playing a lesser team. Well, the lesser team comes out and outworks you in all positions and steals two points, and now you don't feel very good about yourself at all, and the stars aren't feeling good because the power play is terrible, and now that's getting under more heat. That's how it can snowball the other way a little bit. So now that the teams, some of these teams like St. Louis, again, like Nashville, who's a playoff, they have to play a playoff style every game. Uh, they might get away with it a game or two where they will outskill and their power play will win or, you know, Bennington's back, he'll, he'll make some saves. But no, it, that's the great thing about the National Hockey League. It's it's not turn add some pieces, turn the lights on, we're better. It's it's got to be that grind as a unit every shift to 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 chip away at games, and it's a long, grueling season. But those lessons, like if it's an early lesson for Ottawa, they're going to be better off. Uh, and it's an early lesson for Columbus, but now they're depleted with with injuries. It's going to be a tougher road. But the healthy teams have got to collect points. All right. Before we finish up here, let's talk about a team that is. We just talked about Montreal. They're different from last year. Martin St. Louis came in late last year. He's running the ship right from training camp this year. Um, they are they're a much more fun team to watch right now, and they work hard because you take on the persona of your coach and. Nobody worked harder in his career than Marty St. Louis. Yeah, Cole Caulfield has exploded. A player that admired and, and adored Marty St. Louis as a kid growing up. Same, same stature. Uh, coach comes in that understands him, and he's taken off. And, and uh, Nick Suzuki, their captain now, is, is they seem relaxed. Jake Allen is their goaltender. When he's in, he's, he's playing well. Um, you know, you're no longer waiting for Carey Price. No, you're not. It's that, that, and that's a really good point because you know that's a, and, and Carey Price, you wish him all the best. He's going through some some mental and physical issues and trying to get back to just a normal feeling day to day, and that's a great you know that 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 hangs over your team. And, and Jake Allen is now the guy. Uh, their defense is is improved. You know they've got some toughness back there. They understand that there's no expectations, and they're just playing the game, and it looks like a relaxed game and a fun game, and that's good for not only the team but great for Marty St. Louis. Absolutely. Montreal will be here tomorrow night. Game gets underway at 7 o'clock, and they'll be back again next week. This is weird schedule. Like, Philly came in two times. It's perfect. With it. Yeah, well, <laughs> when Montreal comes in next week, we will have no inside edge. So just a programming note, that's a Wednesday next week. So no show next week. But the Canadians will be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Our pregame coverage will start at 6.30 on the Blue Jackets Radio Network and on Valley Sports Ohio. So uh, good show. Nice work That again. was great, yeah. No, great was to get fun. Johnny Goodrow. It was absolutely great to have Johnny. So thanks to Johnny Goodrow for joining us here today on the Inside Edge. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.